We're live. We're going to let everyone fill in. Well, Rich, let's level set the audience as they come in. I love that you use that word. Is that literally you're going to level set? <laughs> We're going to level set the audience as they come in. Um, how many, how many people? What? Go ahead. I, I was going to say, ahead. as the elder statesman here, I'd just like to make sure that we're level set on how you pronounce the word that we're going to be discussing today. Is it meme? It's memes. It's meme. 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 Derek, I want to hear Derek's view on this. Derek, Derek, what is the right view on this? The pronunciation is. Well, we all know it. For sure. But. I welcome all different pronunciations, but definitely so there's I no go, there's I there's no gif there's no gif in all the, comp, yeah. the confusion there. Any other version like meme is is like calling a gif a gif for sure. That's what my mom says. Uh, megabyte, gigabyte, or gigabit. Well, look, we're gonna get started. It's Rich Greenfield for oh, Lightshed Live. I'm I'm joined by my partners Walt Pisic, Brandon Ross. We're very excited to have a really unique company today doing things media. Co-founders, Reed Haley, Derek Lucas, President Todd Anderman. The, the, the company is not like any other media company we've ever actually um, interviewed or talked to. Uh, they make memes and they sort of make memes as a business. And, you know, I guess everybody knows what a meme is or has seen a meme, I'm sure, unless they're living literally under a rock. Literally. I, I did that <laughs> just for you, Walt. But, but from the standpoint of what made the two of you famous? I guess from a Derek and Reed, since this was the two, the company that you two built, how did you get famous? Like, what was the start of this that got you famous? And before you answer that, I'll just tell everyone watching, there's a, there's a, the ability in the Q&A box, if you just click it on the bottom of the screen, enter your questions as after a few minutes, we're going to go take audience questions one by one and use those. So please start filling it up as soon as you want. And Reed, Derek, how'd you get famous? Like, how, how, what, what were the memes that made you take off? Are yeah. they famous? Yeah. So we are uh, behind the scenes, not really famous. Like I, none of us, neither of us would walk down the road and no one's going to be like, holy shit. I mean, like that's happened to me once or twice in like Atlanta. And it's some guy that like knew a friend of mine. So it's not like that. But uh, as, yeah, so I started with a meme page called Shithead Steve um, about six years ago in my parents' basement. Um, I met Derek online. Uh, on Instagram, we were making memes together. And uh, that's basically like the very beginning of how, how stuff started. Yeah, I've, I had a page called Champion Emojis and I think Reed reposted me and he had like 20K followers at the time. I had like 2K. Um, and then I reached out to him just said I like his page and we started making memes together. Um, and then we kind of formed this group that you know, developed a bunch of memes over the next year or so. And literally nobody had like more than 20,000 followers at the time. And everybody that was in that group now has millions and millions of followers on Instagram. And wh when was that just to level set people on how long ago this was? Yeah. So I started Shithead Steve in 2015, the very beginning of 2015, uh, maybe the end of 2014. And then Derek and I met in 2000 late 2015 i think and then all of 2016 we were just base, basically making memes together in 2017 we partnered up uh and formed the company and max who you know benader he uh came on came on as a advisor and partner in the business uh early on and helped us form the company we started launching and acquiring new brands uh you know some of the acquisitions we made it's like middle class fancy uh doggos doing things um, and, uh, yeah, we, we have over 20 brands, uh, different channels. Um, and actually not all of them are meme pages. We have a lot of video content and original, an original show called all gas, no breaks. Um, so it's the last three years have been pretty crazy in terms of growth and all that. Yeah. Like in the beginning that, that group we had had Lee Ayers and John truly in it, which are the, you know, our first two acquisitions. And at the time we met them, they had, you know, maybe a total of 10,000 followers. And really, we just liked their content, wanted to work with them on a creative standpoint. And then they built their brands up to a point where like they got their own cult following while we were doing our thing. And, you know, it just made sense for us to bring them in house and like, you know, help them give them the assets to like, you know, build up their brand too. What makes a good meme? 
something that is really shareable. So it's like, that's the, the number one thing for us is like, is this funny? That's number one. Number two, is it shareable? And it, number three is, is it relatable? And all three of those things, when all three of those things are true, it's going to go crazy. And we're always like, we've always been making content um, and posting it and watching the engagement within the first three minutes of anything we post. Um, and so we've kind of like reverse engineered what people want to share. If that makes wait, sense. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying, yeah, I want to understand this. So in three minutes after you post something to shithead Steve in three minutes, you're going to know whether or not it's good or not. Meaning whether it's going to yeah. go viral. Yeah. Or any of our brands like, uh, we'll know but if it's th- three minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. We're always like, like from the beginning, I've always looked at the likes and the comments, uh, comparing the, bo- uh, both of them. And like, I just know what, how many likes and comments a post should get in three minutes if it's good, if it's resonating. And do you take it down if it's not? Yeah, unless it's like an original. I do piece. that on Instagram too. If I'm not getting a, a lot of likes, it's out of there because it'll really affect my social status. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but like uh, you can really know if a post is, is going to get it go far. Is this a judgment call? I mean, are you physically doing this or do you have like an algo that takes it down if you don't get a certain number of likes? Yes, yeah, so we have a team of about 25 or six or seven full-time employees, uh, about 40 people on the team total. And like 15 of those people are creative or brand managers running a channel. And we've kind of like taught them or they already know because they've built millions of followers themselves. Um, so, and everyone's like on the same page with that. Um, and it was funny to see, like, after I met Derek and everyone else, like they also were looking at the likes, like within the first 10 minutes and they pull it if it doesn't do well. Uh, but if we make something that we think is funny and we genuinely like it, we'll some, we'll be hardheaded and like, we don't care. Like we want this to be out in the world. So there's exceptions to the rule. Um, it's, it's more of an art than a science. What's, what's your creative process? Like, how do you start making a meme i think like so each brand has their own like lead on it so like uh you know we have like a brand like middle class fancy which is a popular like you know has its very specific specific let's just take a step back you're talking about brands now but even before there were brands involved right and when you were doing this for fun how how did it start how did you like well i think so like someone has to understand like the voice of like what the audience wants kind of thing. So like, there's, there's a, that's why I brought up the page middle class fantasy is because like he understands like Lee who runs that page understands it. So we can support him from like a creative standpoint. We have a, you know, a a group chats and Slack channels where we give feedback and like give advice to each other. But I think all of our brands kind of have like a lead uh, that go, you know, like middle, uh, Lee has uh, neat dad and middle-class fancy and he takes the lead on that. Um, but then we can support him by finding um, content on the internet and say, Hey, I think this could be flipped this way, but we let him like, you know, go from there. So I think first it's just understanding your audience and building out a unique voice for those memes. It, and who is the audience? Is it mostly college Gen Z type? males or are there memes for everyone at this point well there's different niche audiences for different brands that we have like middle class fancy is like guys that probably like to play golf they have a green egg that they grill on like we like really know who wow you really just you just destroyed me you literally just (laughs) destroyed me literally i mean mean, that was that was brutal reed like really bad you're that guy i mean these these niche audiences for each of our brands uh some of them are more mainstream like shithead steve is a very mainstream it's kind of like that the adam sandler comedy films of or like the barstool of (laughs) no barstool is a little more Rowy, super right wing. Uh, it's a little different, but but middle like there's definitely crossover with middle class fancy shithead Steve and Barstool. But uh, but yeah, shithead Steve's a little more mainstream, and um, it's like sixty percent male. Uh, middle class fancy, I think, is around sixty percent as well. Um, Barstool is probably I don't know what they are, but we we had Portnoy on last week with Erica. 
Yeah, yeah, Portnoy's hilarious. Like that guy is crazy, but uh, he's very. <laughs> is this whole meme thing just a fad, or it, it, because we've seen so many? I don't know. Yeah. Just different fads on the internet. Even we were talking about it before. It used to be, I don't know, like two years ago, everyone would reply to each other in chat with a, a GIF. And now no one kind of really does that anymore, even though Giphy got bought by Facebook or whatever. And it's it, yeah, it's a different medium of entertainment. And it's like not just limited to memes. Like we have memes, we have user generated content which are videos and then we make shows uh so the meme section of it i don't think it's ever going to go away it's always going to be morphing like if you look at tiktok there's a lot of video uh memes now uh with tiktoks you know like they're remixing a song with a different video and stuff like that so i think memes are always going to be here it's just going to be what form does that take um and we have a, about six million on tiktok but uh that's like a a good question, but I don't think memes are going to go away. They're just, they've always been changing forms, you know? Yeah. For, I think, I think just adding on that for us, it's about, it's about cultural relevance, right? It's what, whatever social feed you're in, what makes you stop in your feed, right? And say, oh, wow, that just, that just registered the with scroll, me. Yeah. yeah. How do you stop, you know, with, with an image, with a video, with just a couple of words of text, where something totally resonates with you and then and then you want to engage with it right you want to share it with your friends and you know i would ask like if, if you guys spend any time on instagram think of your dms right and how many of your dms you know are a meme or some funny short video that your friends or maybe you guys have a dm group together right where it makes you think of each other and you're like oh i got to i got to send this i got to share this right and that's it's about just like really that thing where it really resonates with somebody well for me my, for my messaging is if with my friends is taken over with sending them um, some crazy ass fucking tiktoks that i've been seeing so i'm just curious going back to your earlier comments about taking stuff down within 3 minutes like tiktok seems to be like a different it is world so how does that same process work when you put stuff on tiktok yeah, so it's not like that step of us counting the likes and stuff. It uh, it's not necessary. So on TikTok, we're just post posting from the gut, basically what we think is funny, and just letting it ride because you and TikTok's more algorithmic than Instagram. So you can post a hundred times, and it's not going to flood someone's feed. You know, in a day, you could post a hundred times. It's only going to place the content that starts to get traction in people's feeds. So there's a different strategy to say. Right, so, so you're not overwhelming somebody by posting too many things. Whereas in Instagram, if you did that, you would basically piss people off with content that underperformed. Unless you're posting on reels on Instagram, because you can post to reels only. So people use it. Gonna, I, thank you. Oh, we'll, get, we we'll, get that that we'll get to that. We'll get to that. No, no, no. <laughs> we're going to get to all the platforms. Yeah, we need to get to a little comparison of the platforms. But even before that, is okay. it what percent of what you do? is Instagram at this point before all of our brands are built on Instagram and then we spread them out to wherever the, the path to success looks like for each brand. Like all gas, no break started on Instagram. Now we're the number five or six uh, creator on the whole platform on Patreon. Um, like with gamers, we have a Twitch channel um, that we've built and same with discord, but I would say, yeah, everything's built on Instagram first because that's just like our bread and butter. And then we spread the audience out to the different other platforms that make sense for each one. Um, in terms of like audience, we have forty about 42 million or so on Instagram. Um, and then a total of like 60 million. So 20 million on other platforms. That's like Facebook, TikTok, uh, Twitch, Discord, Patreon. Um YouTube. So, before, so I know Rich wants to go onto Discord. Oh, sorry, Reed. You were fit, you were zoning out. Your the your audio was going out there. Go ahead. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Yep. Yeah, I was just in a, I added YouTube. Also, is uh, we have about a million and a half on YouTube. So I know Rich wants to go on it. We want to ask some stuff about Discord, but um, just getting back to the um, the TikTok is and and relating it to the likes on Instagram or whatever, 
do you find there to be correlation, meaning that, you know, tick, you could throw some stuff into TikTok and like it never gets picked up? Is there stuff that you tried on Instagram, didn't get the likes in three minutes and it just takes off on on TikTok? Or is it typically highly correlated, like your own kind of human algorithm that's taking shit down after three or four minutes correlates to what ends up being, you know, picked up and, and becoming viral on, on TikTok? Yeah, usually you can't just take a piece of content that you've made for Instagram that pops off and then assume that you do nothing other than cut and paste it onto TikTok. It usually, <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's what we do is we uh, alter it with music or whatever's trending gotcha. TikTok and like kind of make it fit. Um, so, but it does correlate. Like, a viral video on Instagram will most likely do really well on TikTok just with the right elements added. Right. It feels like a self-test on how you're running the business on the other social platforms. If it kind of takes off there. Yeah. Do, do you feel like the, the, the followers and likes you get are, are consistent with the platform and TikTok? That's it, a question that we kind of discuss a lot every week in terms of how much larger the numbers are on TikTok um, relative to the base when things um, take off and just, you know, just kind of curious in your thoughts there. Yeah, I think the uh, TikTok algorithm just seems like super sporadic to me. Like we can, we, we have some consistency in Instagram and like what we know we can expect. And then we'll post something on, um, you know, that did maybe a little bit above average on Instagram onto TikTok, certain videos, and they'll get, you know, our, like our most viewed videos of all time that we own are on TikTok because those are the ones that go extremely viral and get like, some, I think one of our videos has like 60 million views on animals doing things. And it got probably like maybe slightly above regular engagement on Instagram animals doing things. So it's a little bit, it, it's, it's harder to predict. I think there's some background algorithm stuff that we haven't completely figured out there. I mean, any way of knowing where those views are coming from geographically? Is it possible that some of the hotter ones are just getting spread um, by the algo to other markets? Yeah, I mean, or, I don't know. They don't, have the same, they don't have the same. Uh, I was going to imply that. Tools. Yes. Say again. I'm sorry, Derek. Go ahead. They don't have the same insight tools that uh, that we can pull from Instagram. Instagram's like super helpful in that regard, but we haven't gotten like very in depth on on that stuff on TikTok. Right, it goes back to the, this, this is a discussion we've had about the visibility on those numbers and the validity of them, like what are they, right? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, uh, Rich, sorry. No, so I was just, you know, look, I think one of the questions we already have in the, in the Q&A is sort of what's happening on the platforms? Like, you know, when we talk about, you know, you mentioned Facebook, Reed, and I think about Facebook and I just think old people, um, you know, relative to TikTok, like, yeah. Do you, I know Instagram is obviously where you seemed like you started. It, how is that changing though? Like when you look at like where, where doing things is going, is TikTok taking over? Is Snapchat doing anything? Like what's, what's rising and falling when you look across the different platforms that you're seeing? Like, I mean, YouTube's obviously the beginning of the internet for so many of us in terms of video. Yeah. Does YouTube really matter for your strategy anymore? Like yeah. help us out. Yeah. So just an example, like August No Breaks is crushing it on uh, YouTube. We only have a million point two five on August No Breaks channel, but it's uh, it's grown that quickly with like not many videos. So YouTube is still really important for us because we're seeing how like much quicker you can take off on the platform. Um, and also it's just different audiences on different platforms. I think Facebook is a great place to go if you're trying to, you know, get in front of older people. Um, Instagram's great for us to get in front of like our core audience on, you know, the the 18 to 35, mostly male, um, and and like we're we're like I think 60% male, 40% female. Todd. Yep. Yeah. So so each platform has a different audience, and like going back to all gas when we post a video on YouTube our Patreon numbers shoot up and it's and faster than Instagram because that's a market that we haven't really tapped into as deeply as Instagram. Um, so like the YouTube followers are coming over to Patreon. We put like a little link in the bio um, to push people to the, the exclusive content on Patreon. So that's kind of how I see it. Um, it's just different 
audiences. And I don't know nope. TikTok's taking over. I think it's just different. And where does I mean, one of the companies that you didn't mention that's obviously right in your core demo is there's been really no mention so far of Snapchat. Just doesn't matter to this conversation. Yeah, Snapchat's an interesting. Rally. Yeah, it's an interesting like model, and and like there's a lot more things that go into making a Snapchat production, um, and we're not really set up for it. And we've had meetings about it, and we just haven't pulled the trigger yet. Is the lack of virality on Snap an issue for you also? Because, I mean, you started out by saying, like, what's going to go viral? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, right? Snapchat's not the place where things go viral because it's really hard to... There's just not the ecosystem that Instagram has. It's just not the same. You can't easily share something. You can share something to a friend, but it's not as... I don't know what the word is. Um, Todd or Derek, if you have anything else on that, it's like just like yeah, on Snapchat. Like I think we lost interest in it. Like we were trying to play around with it early on, and then kind of lost interest in it when Instagram like adopted all the same functionalities, and we were already bigger there. And then I feel like that kind of it, like Snapchat's still around, but it's not what it was becoming. You know what I mean? Like it was on a trajectory, and it kind of once Instagram took that functionality out, and we already had this huge platform on Instagram, we just naturally we're like let's just do that instead um, yeah. how does that relate so pull us let's go right back to where walt was before on reels like where does reels then fit into this is yeah is reels, I, a, is reels a big deal i think i don't know if it's the same like kill the platform thing that happened with snapchat but i feel like a portion of that will happen there'll be some version of that like we naturally like we're going to continue to do both but uh, uh, I think Reels will probably be bigger for us than, yeah. than TikTok. But I think we can do both. Yeah, the way I see it is like, why would you switch apps? Once Instagram makes Reels and actually like gets it right, people are lazy and they have a really short attention span and they only have a set number of hours or minutes a day to look at this snackable, like shareable content. So I think they're only going to go one place. I don't, I agree with Derek. I don't know if it's going to be like Instagram eating TikTok, but. I think they'll slow down TikTok's growth with Reels. And have they done anything to help you do Reels? Like, are they helping? Like, walk us through, like, how Instagram helps you. Yeah. So uh, we have a, a great uh, partner over there that helps us out with, uh, he's like a media partner, and he's helped us out with Reels and kind of gives us uh, pointers. And uh, it, we've seen a lot of follower growth, like, and more video views than we've ever had on Reels. So, so, oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think that's partly because they're boosting it. Uh, you know, like they want people to use Reels. So they're, they're helping, you know, people that post on Reels regularly will get more views. Um, but also, I think a lot of people are actually using Reels or, or just watching Reels. So. so you're giving me tips on how to improve my follower account? Yeah, post some, some real co Reels content. For sure. We'll, we'll get to LinkedIn later, Rich, for your LinkedIn <laughs> stories and how to improve your stories. Yeah, LinkedIn memes. <laughs> LinkedIn memes. This yeah, and then we can. I need to make like a meme page on LinkedIn. I don't know a ton about it, but I just thought it'd be like hilarious to just. Oh, yeah. That would be so good. I feel like since it's open now, I can be a boss on LinkedIn. No one else is putting up stories. I'm just going to put shit up there and I'll be the boss on LinkedIn. <laughs> Fucking own that channel. You, you should be the, the business. You know, you could be like you know business doing things. Like I mean, you know, you could yeah, literally no. own corporate. No, okay. not business. Just just bullshit eagles and Liverpool stuff. Uh, <laughs> we, can, we, just the so, same type of content only on LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got, so I've got kind of a dual question, which is um, really again zeroing in on, on TikTok. Like we had Gary V on one of our Lightshed Lives, and he was very quick, as he is for many things to adopt that channel. How quick were you guys getting on TikTok? How shocked were you in terms of how quickly it came up? And then the, the kind of the punchline question is, do you see anything out there right now that has the potential to kind of, you know, follow in the footsteps, maybe not as huge as TikTok, but other um, so social channels or whatever you guys want to call them in the media world that, that, um, that you're getting in on earlier, think you could, that, think, that you think could be big? I think, uh, Discord is really big for us. We have a lot of people on Discord around gamers doing things and like Twitch is really a big part of that. Also, it's a really exciting platform. Um, and, and just let me stop you for one second and interject. 
people think of Discord as an audio platform. Like you chat with your friends on audio while you're playing Among Us. I just learned yesterday. Everyone's playing Among Us on yeah. planet Earth, except for me. I feel like a total loser, but I'll get to that later. But how do you use yeah, you your content? Anyway. I know. But how do <laughs> But coming back to Walt's question, like, how do you use your content in a mostly audio platform? Like, what are people doing that they're using your content? Discord, we're just growing a, a community on Discord around the gamers doing things brand. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a little more personal uh, connections from us and, the, you know, the admin of gamers doing things and the, the streamer, uh, Spencer um, and Tyler from the team. Like, they get to interact with the audience on there uh, more personally than they would anywhere else. Yeah, I think it's like, that is super tied into Twitch and it, it's like an engine to help build Twitch. Um, it gets people more into the brand and the characters behind the brand. And there's like tier lists, like if, you, if you're a donator on Twitch, you know, or somebody that's really involved in the Twitch community, you're gonna be more involved on the Discord and there's like tiers of like different rooms you're allowed to be in and like some hierarchy within that. Uh, so, so you get on a, a Discord server, based on your donation on Twitch? Is that what you're, you're tipping on Twitch? It's also just like friends of the community. Like just, it, that's, that's a part of it for sure. And that's an incentive to build that Twitch community and like build that, you know, a reason for people to donate and, you know, reference people or whatever, uh, refer people. But yeah, I think it all plays into Twitch Discord for us. Anything else out there other than Discord? Just random small stuff that you think might uh, have some potential? Because Discord's yeah, obviously pretty big already. Yeah, Triller um, is, oh. is going up. Uh, trying to think of what else is out there right now. Is, is Triller real or is it just like a creative hedge in case TikTok goes poof? I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. Um, I've met some of the guys over there and the girls over there and it's like, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it seems like there's a lot of apps out there that people only have so much time in the day, like I said. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's so many different apps out there. And for us, we have, we have a, a limited team, right? We have to concentrate our, our efforts. So yeah, I think it, it always goes back to us for, for us is that, like Reed said, launching the brands on Instagram and then thinking about which of our brands make sense in different extensions. All guys for Patreon, Gamer gamers in in Discord and Twitch, so it varies by brand. How do you turn this into a business, Todd? Maybe you, you know, maybe you want to. I assume that's part of your key role here. Is how do you productize uh, what these guys create? Yeah, well, yeah. So I I joined here about a year ago, um, and I was just absolutely amazed at uh, you know what Reed and Derek and the team have created. Um, in, in large part because none of them come from the media business, right? This, this was not their background. They're, you know, Reed was living in his parents' basement and was a funny guy who created a funny page. And Derek, living out on the West Coast, created a funny page. And you know, they built up this audience where they just naturally got into uh, different revenue streams, right? They, they had an audience and then you know, some marketers reached out to them and they figured out that there was an advertising business. And, they figured out that you could have a, a commerce business and sell directly to your customers. And then I think it was really, really ingenious that uh, users were starting to send Reed and Derek and the team a lot of their videos, right? Because they wanted to get shouted out and grow, grow their follower base. And they built an ingestion engine where we were acquiring those videos that we could then use in turn for our content creation, which means we have zero production costs on creating video but we also in turn can license that business out. So an incredible foundation that was, was built. Um, but now when you get up to you know, 55 million plus followers, you have a substantial audience, right? So there's a real audience for creating branded content for advertisers. So that's, that's one of our revenue streams. Um, secondly, e-commerce, this is something that we've been, we've been scaling really, really quickly. Um, and that is the fastest part of, uh, fastest growth area of, uh, of our business. Um, but it's growing so quickly. If you look at, uh, you know, we mentioned Patreon a couple of times, but we launched our Patreon, what, in, Reed, Derek, in December? Year. Yeah, a year ago. Uh, you, chose Patreon, you chose Patreon over OnlyFans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you, you look at that, there's... Jesus. There, we have what, uh, Derek does this. OnlyFans and Reed does Patreon. I'm just that, that was a bad joke. 
go on. <laughs> <laughs> All good. But we now have uh, about 17,000 uh, patrons that are, you know, paying $5 per month recurring revenue. So you do the math. That's a, you know, a nice revenue stream as well. Um, but what's really exciting is as these brands have become so much bigger in their, in their audiences, um, they've become really household names uh, amongst that target demographic. Um, so if you're looking in, you know, millennial or Gen Z or, you know, for those who, uh, you know, are, are huge fans of middle class fancy, I mean, that's that's my, my life. Every, everyone cracks up when they, when they see that. So the, the brands are extending into offline, right? So the first move was animals doing things, which uh, ended up turning into a, a TV show, which uh, did its second season. It's uh, a collab with uh, Howie Mandel. It's Howie Mandel's animals doing things on Nat Geo Wild. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Doggo's doing things. Uh, we just published our first book with uh, with Hachette, one of my uh, one of my former employers. Uh, so we have a coffee table book there. Uh, we're coming out with uh, with board games. Uh, we have a, a whole host of uh, different products. Uh, with No Chaser, we came out with an energy drink. So it's really bringing those brands that again were born on Instagram, but then bringing them in you know into real life and being able to monetize them there as well. So in many ways, sort of using your your meme engine as low-cost content creation or IP creation, and then trying to figure out all the different ways to exploit it, sort of like the way people are using podcasts today, um, or, or even what Portnoy is doing by you know taking his brand and turning it into a sports betting business. Right. A- a- absolutely. I mean, they, th- there's a, a foundation that was built, right, between uh, when Reed and Derek first got together of Shit Ed Steve and, uh, you know, and drunk people doing things. Uh, and then it was just build on that foundation. What are other verticals where we could come up with content or buy, buy a brand that will make people laugh, that will be culturally relevant in, in a particular category, build it up on Instagram, and then leverage the infrastructure that, uh, that we're building right now to be able to monetize them through advertising, monetize them potentially through Patreon, figure out uh, new platforms to go on to. So, you know, I've read articles where AB InBev, I mean, like some really serious brands, like, you know, no screwing, like these are huge global brands are coming to doing things media. And I, I bet a lot of our audience watching goes, you know, why? Like, why do they come to you? Like, and then, you know, question in the chat right now is like, how do you take one of those brands and know what content to connect it to? Because I'm sure the brand has no idea how to play in the world of memes. So like, walk us through like, A, how do they find you? B, how do they get comfortable that they want to be part of a meme? And then three, how do you figure out what to do with them? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, well, it, you know, AB in particular, they really do get it, right? And it's uh, it's all about cultural relevance, right? So there, there's really, I mean, a, f- a few different ways that it that it works. Um, you know, a brand, if a brand has a message that they want to get across. We then will go back internally with Derek Reed and the and you know, the rest of the the creative team, and we're going to try and find the way to make it funny and make it resonate with our audience, right? So with uh, with AB, we've done a bunch of different programs, but Bud Light in particular, one one example is you know we started where we were creating memes for them, and again they totally got this this meme space, and it built up into and they got incredible engagement from them. That was last fall. Which then built into uh, you know time, uh, aligning with what they were doing with the Super Bowl. So for the Super Bowl, they were introducing Bud Light Seltzer, and they had Post Malone in a commercial. So with that, they actually gave us the asset in advance. So we got the commercial, and then Derek and team went through that commercial, you know, before it aired, frame by frame. And Derek can talk about it, and and found the most memeable moment in that commercial. And then right after the Super Bowl commercial aired on TV, it was what? for Instagram. Uh, so that's a good example of of both creating something, but then also uh, leveraging an asset that they created for another medium and amplifying it. And when you do something like that, does it go out over your Instagram account, their Instagram account? Like, do you do you have branded content that you want on your feed? Is that really up to the brand? Like, how does that balance work in terms of staying authentic with the audience? Yeah, we have to. I mean. I mean it, you know, Derek, Derek can talk about the creative process, uh, but you know, we turn down a lot of ad deals, right? If, if an advertiser will not allow us to be funny and to put it into our unique voice, you know, it's not going to resonate. We're not going to, we're not going to want to do it. Uh, so we have a creative process, right? Where they'll, an advertiser will tell us what they're trying to achieve. 
We'll send them back mock-ups of where we're going. We just go into a Slack channel, create a bunch of different uh, creatives, uh, get their feedback, uh, but then we launch it organically from our pages, right? So it'll be a post from Shithead Steve. Just like Shithead Steve is putting out an edit post, they're gonna put out a branded content post, or it might be a, a post for our own commerce as well. But the key with all of it is stop in the feed, make the person laugh, make the person want to engage with it. That's the whole thing though, is that it's it's actually not on the brand's Instagram page. It is somehow naturally or organically surfaces, right? Is is that the like, objective from the from the brand's point of view? Yeah, I think like yeah, like something like the uh, Super Bowl ad is is usually source material for um, you know memes, anyways. That those things go viral every year. Um, so we um, when, when we had the chance to take like a post Malone commercial, that's like the ideal source material for an ad campaign because those things were going to go viral anyways. Like when we did that campaign, that um, we're still seeing that. Um, you know, pop up as a format in today's memes. Like every once in a while, like every couple weeks, we'll send each other one that we just found like in the wild. So I think um, that kind of thing is like the ideal kind of a campaign because it's going to happen anyways. And if we can just like project it through our accounts and like make it through our own voice to help amplify it, then it's, it's perfect. And I think to, Rich, to go back to your earlier question of, um, you know, how we find the brands and how, how they find us, um, right? So a lot of it is, we're, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're building up that outreach. Some of it is inbound, some of it is, uh, is outbound. Um, but you, what, what's really interesting is there's, there's the brands that are inherently funny, right? So sure, like Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, those, those are brands that have played into comedy for years. Uh, we work with a lot of, uh, you know, entertainment clients and streaming where they're talking about comedy. So it's inherently funny. Uh, where we have a lot of fun, though, is when we have an advertiser who is not inherently funny, right? And they want to be, uh, they want to be culturally relevant. They want to be authentic. Uh, and maybe we'll walk, walk you through two examples. Uh, I think the, the the best example was during during tax season, which ended up getting delayed from August fifteenth to uh, definitely yeah, to definitely not definitely not funny. Not funny. Uh, but we did a program with Tax Act software. Um, which, you know, when we first started talking to them, right, it was, it was an interesting conversation. But what we did is we made them really funny and culturally relevant, where we created a whole bunch of memes across a bunch of our different pages, um, which played into what you, you as a person would do to frivolously spend this money when you get your tax return, right? And we played into the diff our different brands, right? So how we voice that on middle-class fancy uh, was in middle class fancy, uh, you know, uh, uh, language, right? I'm going to get a, uh, it was a, you know, a charcuterie board that I'm going to go invest in, right? Because uh, that's what is exciting for middle class fancy. Um, you know, for our other brands, it was, you know, you know, they were they were on uh, on Neat Dad. I was buying, uh, you know, uh, dad, dad, you know, dad shorts to mold my lawn, in, right? So it was it was how do you bring that into the voice? So we actually made tax act, which nobody wants tax software. Nobody wants to think about taxes. We ended up getting them hundreds and hundreds of thousands of likes. And what's really interesting is we're in a world right now where people don't like ads, right? You know, there, there are ad blockers. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a big Hulu fan and uh, we actually do business with Hulu, but I pay extra not to get ads in my, in my version of Hulu. Um, and we put the, these branded content pieces together and you're getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people liking them and engaging with them. And that's kind of the, the secret sauce that we've, uh, that we've dipped into. But, but just before we move on, how, how do you like, you just mentioned like Hulu and I know you've worked with Netflix. I mean, you've worked with some of the, the world's largest brands. It's not clear to me, like, what is this worth? Like, how do you price it? Like I, I have, I have no idea like what any of this is worth. I mean, not that I believe the pricing of a 30 second spot, but there's history for it. And, you, you know, you sort of know you're buying this many eyeballs and this is the price of it. And we can debate whether that makes sense anymore, but there's no pricing structure for memes. Yeah. Well, what, 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 what we did is we made it really easy to transact in so that it's just like any other digital media. Uh, we guarantee impressions and we charge a CPM. Right. So that that's, it's real straightforward. Okay. Um, but you, you, from the standpoint of like, 
Is it far more expensive? I mean, how does a brand look at the cost of doing this versus running an ad on Instagram? I mean, you know, you can do lots of different things. How do they look at the cost of this versus the alternatives? Yeah, no, that, 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 that's a great question because, you know, at most brands and at most agencies, uh, memes are not a, uh, you know, a bucket on the spreadsheet yet. Right. So we're trying to establish what that what that what that bucket what that bucket is. So one of the just uh, circling back to kind of the content side of it, you know, you recently, I think, worked with Michael Bloomberg and the Bloomberg campaign. You know, is there anything that you won't do? I mean, will, will you work with any brand that wants to pay you or are there certain rules? And, you know, you mentioned they have to be OK with it being, quote, funny. But is, is everybody fair game who wants to create memes? Yeah, so we learned a lot with the Bloomberg campaign. It was interesting and it had never been done in the meme space. So we kind of like had a discussion about it. We were on the fence and we just pulled the trigger and made, we got to make fun of him, you know, and uh, it was on brand. Um, so we tried, but since then we haven't done political stuff. We'll probably stay away from politics uh, in general. Um, like we, we make fun of both sides because we have, people on both sides of the fence that follow us. So uh, we don't want to, you know, shill out to just any brand or political campaign. Um, but yeah. And like we've, like Todd said, we've turned down plenty of brands uh, just because they weren't able to like, like we couldn't make fun of them or, you know, just be funny. Like we don't have to make fun of something to, for it to be funny, but yeah, so not everyone. I guess turning to the commerce business, Todd, that you started to talk about a little earlier, um, I, we've seen commerce across social media really pop through throughout COVID. It was was your growth kind of tied to COVID in any way? Do you think, or did you start to see? this explosion that you guys leaned into before COVID started? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's, it's been a steady growth. Um, and I wouldn't say that COVID uh, you know, caused us to have that increase in commerce, but we were able to sell very topically funny products within COVID. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, when we, you know, when we first you know, started locking down, everyone started doing jigsaw puzzles, right? It was a big thing. Um, yeah. So, so our play on jigsaw puzzles was we're going to create gag gifts, right? So an example of a puzzle that sold really well and is still selling really well is uh, you know, the outside of the box. And, and remember, we're presenting this in a meme format. The outside of the box is, you know, four really cute puppies in this field, in this grassy field, and then you know, you open up the and make the puzzle, and it's you know four big dogs taking shits, right? And it's a gag <laughs> gift that you're gonna. You want to share it yourself so, or, so everyone can see it? Yeah, you want to share sure. it? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'll make you. Uh, if I make you a co-host, okay. you should be able to. Okay. I think this is the first guest who's ever been on Lightshed Live that shared something. Do you guys so. Oh, oh, we see it just perfectly, Derek. It's perfect. I mean, I'm not sure it's appropriate for the audience, but it's definitely we see it. <laughs> so, so to answer your question, right? <laughs> oh, we start selling this when everyone's making jigsaw puzzles, right? And it's a it's a very different jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, this one was really easy to make content around. I think that's important for our business, uh, for merch specifically, because we have to beat the algorithm. Otherwise, it gets buried and gets no views. And then there's no, you know, even if you have a high conversion rate, you're, you, you don't have that many people seeing it. You're not making that much. But I think, um, yeah, so we have to make sure the product is funny enough to, to like kind of beat the algorithm and get a ton of likes and, you know, this was an example of one of those that performed pretty well. What about um, staying on commerce, Instagram checkout? Hey, have you guys started using that? Yeah, we uh, were about to launch it on August uh, for a drop, probably in November. Because I noticed when you with that picture that Steve just put, or that sorry, not that Steve, that D Todd put up of shithead Steve. Uh, I can't <laughs> believe I can. I can't believe I can say shithead Steve on on, on a on a call. But um, of course you can, Rich. I, I know it's just it, I gotta get used to it. We're not a broker dealer anymore. 
I, I got it. It's just a little weird. Uh, it's certainly not my normal day. So uh, when I think about Except that content, on though, our podcast, I, I can't just click it. You know, you're not even making the content immediately. You're saying link in bio. Like, why not make it shoppable? Are you, are you just not there yet? Or is there a business reason for driving people directly to the website? Yeah, I mean, we've always uh, had people go to the website and also um, there's rules around who can use the tool and you have to ship uh, products within a certain window and we're not always holding inventory. Um, so we just haven't pulled the trigger, uh, but all gas we are buying inventory for um, for drops so we can uh, we can launch whatever. You know, what, what, there was just... Um... Two other platforms we didn't talk about that I was just curious for your views on, just because they're both trying to make inroads. One is Pinterest, uh, which is you know, and certainly trying to be more of a commerce player. Uh, it seems like a lot of your content actually would sort of seem to fit into the world of pinning and people saving. I'm curious, like whether that's a platform that has any interest really in what you do. And then the other one is obviously where you know, at least they say where everything funny starts. Where does Reddit fit in? Yeah, Pinterest. I- Sorry, good. I was gonna say we find our content on Reddit all the time, and sometimes, you know, we'll look there through different subreddits for like source material for memes and stuff like that. But uh, we just—I don't know if there's any play for us to actually make our own like subreddit or and like there's no incentive to build that up. But we see our stuff all the time on that platform, Um, so it's cool to see it there. But I don't know if there's any reason for us to build that up. Yeah, there's an all gas, no breaks subreddit that uh, is run by some moderators out there and they like just gave us access to it. So it's really cool to see that community just blow up. And there's, I think a pretty good amount of people in there. Um, Maybe last question for you guys, just broadly, like, where does this go? I mean, you, you obviously didn't even five years ago, you weren't planning on starting a business. I don't want to say you fell into it, but it sort of seems like, it just I mean, sort of happened and the internet sort of took off or this part of the internet has taken off and you've gone for an incredible ride and now you're building a business out of this, this content. What is doing things media look like in a few years? Yeah, we just want to continue gro- launching and acquiring IP. We're, we're basically like building out the Disney model uh, with the meme space first. And uh, we want to continue to build businesses that are off the platform that outlive the platforms. If you know, Instagram goes away one day, we'll, we're still going to be kicking with uh, Rand's so- uh, barbecue sauce or whatever we launch uh, in the future. Um, so it's products, it's advertising and, and original shows and content. Um, what did you think of the, the Warner Music buy of Imagine or I guess the image? Yeah, that was cool to see. Um, I think they're going to see how valuable the meme space is and how, you know, we can drive. I mean, does, does it make sense that a music company wants to own a meme company? Yeah, definitely. Why? Why? Walk us through why. Because because meme companies like us are so deep in the content. We know how to make things shareable, especially music tied to content. It's a really, it can really take off. You know, like the weekend song. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it went super viral on TikTok, um, and and that drove. You know, so that drove it to the top of the leaderboard in terms of that that month in music and months afterwards. Um, yeah, I think I think like internet trends are the reason that most music nowadays kills it. Um, that's where it starts to go viral, and that's like the testing ground. So if you uh, you know if you can manipulate that by you know inserting this song and creating a meme format out of it and like manufacture that you, you, those songs blow up and they always, you know, top the billboards. And I think when you can like kind of tap into that and try to engineer that, then you're starting to influence that. Like, you know, over time you can keep replicating that. It seems like it's been a core part of Netflix's sort of organic publishing strategy, like relative to the other media companies. I haven't really seen anyone sort of organically do it the way the Netflix team does it internally. Totally. Yeah. They kill it. So yeah, that's I guess that's the future, and that's that's what we want to do is just keep building it as big as possible, and a lot of IP. I'm gonna Walter. just well, first of all, read final the question. Well, let's not, do it. It's kind of multiple questions, but okay. first, I, first, I'm curious on 
for read, you know, when you're, when your followers, was there a specific meme or, that you had done that really kind of feel like, Oh shit, it, it t- kind of turned the corner for you in the followers. Um, not like a con- one piece of content, but uh, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint building an audience. Yep. And I just like kept making funny stuff that would come to me. Like if I was at the grocery store and some, thing I saw annoyed me. I'm like, Oh, that's a good meme. And then I'd go back and just make it and, and post it. And, uh, yeah. just consistency. So and- it was just, it was just the grind every day, getting out there, putting stuff out. And then I guess kind of the more interesting question for me, um, from me is, um, what is your favorite, um, meme that you just, it makes you laugh every, not one that you necessarily made, but every time that you see it, you just it wouldn't like, be that's just, <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I think for it's, all of you actually for like just something that's like, oh my god, that's just brilliant. What what is what's at the top of the list? One thing for in, me in the meme hall of fame. Yeah, one thing for me is there's and where this, would that hall of fame be? LA. There's this conspiracy theory about <laughs> birds aren't real. Um, Which one? Birds aren't real. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. That's probably my favorite meme right now. It's a conspiracy that. All birds are uh, government drones that spy on you. <laughs> and like, there's a ton of background to it and different variations of it. It's like, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? No, you haven't because, you know, that's, you know, they, they don't my son asked me that all the time. Have you seen a baby pigeon? I didn't realize that was connected. That's what he says. It's, he says that all the time. Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? <laughs> yeah, now you know why. It's Derek's fault. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. He said it was his favorite, not his creating. All right, Reed, what about you? Um, my favorite meme. Um, I thought Harambe was hilarious, and then it like yeah, got, that was good. It got so old so quick, but it was so crazy. Like that was like the. Uh, I feel like that one got shared the most. Yeah, that was another one that I can relate to my kids because they painted it on the rock at school and it, it created a big to-do. I'm not sure why. The one people keep sending me is Barry Wood. That's... that's the, uh, yeah, that's the one where you click a And a lot of that was being shared on uh, coronavirus times because people are at, at home bored sharing articles and that yeah. really popped off. Todd, you got one? you have a favorite? I think my favorite is the one that's behind Walt right now. And it actually could be a meme because don't move yeah. right where you are, Walt. It looks like he's checking you out. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, Todd, Reed, Derek, thank you for spending a little time with us. Uh, we're, we're fascinated by the space. It's great to learn a little bit and hope you keep growing and expanding. And um, we'll make sure everyone listening to this uh, adds to your follower count. Sure. Awesome. Thanks for awesome. having us on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thank you. Later.